man, this is gonna be a big this is gonna be a big one, guys, because it is episode 20. So first off, before I say before we go get anything, check out our previous 19 episodes before this episode. Because they're they're fucking golden. You guys should go check that out. Episode 20 of Just a Casual's Insight. Break it down to you. I'm Jelani Smith, co-host of the show, 20 years old, communications major out of South Suburban College. I'm Dakota Mitchell, and I'm still cooking. Cooking every single day. We're cooking up the episodes like it's easy. Today's episode is going to involve a little bit of drama between two of some of the best players in the game. Giannis Antetokounmpo and James Harden had a little back and forth, like, little thing going on with an interview, and then the All-Star, game, All-Star Weekend stuff, and it actually is dating back to the offseason of this past season, like the previous, yeah. previous season. So we're going to talk about that, who's right, who's wrong, who's being sensitive, who's not being sensitive. We're going to give all our insight in on that little beef going on. Then we're going to talk a little bit about an interesting topic that some people um, we might want to might want to get into because some people absolutely hate this player. Is Draymond Green of the Warriors a Hall of Famer? That's going to be a good one. And lastly, everybody knows the NBA standings. Playoffs are actually coming up sooner rather than you. Uh, they're coming up faster than you probably think they are. We're going to give predictions on playoff standings and who will win first round matchups and maybe like give finals predictions as well. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how far we can get into it. It's, I mean, a lot of it's just going to be like the second round is going to be a lot of uh, we'll see, you know, depending on. Yeah, just works. depending on who's playing and who's playing where. And I mean, obviously, the season's not over yet. They're past All-Star break. There are a few games past the All-Star break. Teams can move positions. But if things were to stay the same and everybody stays in the same exact position, who's winning, who's not winning, upsets, who's going to dominate, and then what team would go to the finals and what team wins the finals. You're going to be hearing all that from Just a Casual's Insight, Jelani Smith, Dakota Mitchell. Stay tuned with us. Back on Just a Casual's Insight, Jelani Smith. Dakota Mitchell. And we're going to get into one of the beefiest topics over the last probably like two days between two of some of the best players in the NBA, and actually two of the more like, nah, James Harden's one of the most polarizing players in the NBA. Giannis is pretty well likable at the moment right now until he does yeah. something that people don't like. But they've been having beef, and this is actually one of the more like out there beefs between players that I've seen in some I mean, time, since LeBron James and Steph Curry probably. Yeah, I mean, they haven't even been going back and forth like between like each other, like on the court, it's more, more like the media sending messages like, hey, I'm in the locker room telling you a bitch. (laughs) It hasn't been so out there like that, so public. But it all started, I feel like this all started in the offseason. When James Harden was complaining, or should I say complaining about the fact that he hadn't won MVP based off the narrative that the media was putting out there. And that he felt like him averaging 36 points last year, he should have definitely easily won the MVP award over Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm -hmm. And so it spilled over into this year. And of course, Giannis being the competitor that he is, being the type of player that he is, he went at James Harden and said, what was it, during the All-Star draft? Yeah. That he wanted, he picked Kemba Walker over James Harden because he, James Harden doesn't pass. Yeah, because he wants somebody who can pass the ball. He wants somebody who can pass the ball. And James Harden is just a dribbler. Just Yeah, just a dribbler. And also said that James Harden doesn't play defense as well. Well, actually, my bad. Giannis didn't say he was just a dribbler. That was Charles Barkley. Oh, yeah, that was Charles Barkley. But Giannis also did say that he doesn't play defense, right? Um, it was more of like he said that they were like every time on the court they were just targeting him. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So he kind of insinuated it, but didn't necessarily yeah. say that he was he wasn't playing defense. We got we're gonna show you the clip right now of James Harden clap back to those two comments by Giannis Antetokounmpo during All Star break. You do have people talking about some of the stereotypes that have blown up around you. Charles Barkley when they had the All Star draft was saying, oh, no one wants to take James Harden. He's a dribbler. Giannis Antetokounmpo makes a joke on the air about. 
Uh, I want to take someone who can pass. I'm taking Kemba Walker instead of James Harden. I have his more assists than him, I think. You ranked 10th in assists going into the All-Star break, and Kemba ranked 36 in assists going into the All-Star break. So I, don't see, I, don't, I don't see what the choke is. But I don't even, I, I don't even see it. You know, I don't, I don't pay attention to stuff like that. Uh, I just know none of them can mess with me. <laughs> well, Daryl Morey, your general manager, had a great line to kind of address all of that. He said, being different doesn't really get appreciated until it works. Yeah, well, when I'm done. Uh, you know, when it's, when it's all said and done, um, you know, they'll appreciate it more. You know, but I wish I could just run, run it with seven feet and run it just dunk. Like, that takes no skill at all. <laughs> I gotta actually learn how to play basketball, how to have skill, you know? I'll take that any day. Okay. So, first, I want to give a clap for Rachel Nichols. That was some A1 instigating right there. A1 instigating right there. That was a good question to get James Harden's comments, and he took the bait on that one. And he said a few things that that's really the emphasis of this conversation in general. When James Harden says that Giannis Antetokounmpo at seven feet doesn't have any skill, that raised a lot of people's eyebrows, especially Giannis Antetokounmpo fans, about the fact that Giannis doesn't have any skill. Well, if Giannis doesn't have any skill and he can do all that, then that means other seven-footers in the league should be able to do that. So what do you think about what he said? Um, I think that, first of all, I think Giannis, I mean, he was getting, he was never going to, like, he tagged him twice during the All-Star break. That's when mm-hmm. guard's supposed to be able to be down. He's supposed to be able to chill. So All-Star break, nobody's coming at my head like that. But um, <laughs> I think that Giannis Antetokounmpo obviously does have skill, but I think there's some, there's a little bit, like, truth to there where James Harden has to be more skilled than Giannis Antetokounmpo to get it done. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's substantially shorter than Giannis yeah. Antetokounmpo But, is. I mean, even if you take away Giannis's complete offense, even on the defensive end, he's still skilled. So, right. I mean, I don't think he was literally being like, you have no NBA skill, you're just 17. Yeah, I think people are taking James Harden's words a little too literally here. Like, a little too... I don't think he really meant to say as if Giannis Antetokounmpo doesn't have any skill. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that Giannis Antetokounmpo has skill. I mean, finishing at the rim is a skill. That's something that you have to work on in order to be have great touch like Giannis Antetokounmpo has at the rim. Not yeah. to mention his passing ability. Not to mention his passing ability his ball handling ability and his his footwork and actually he's added a post fadeaway to his game now that he can effectively rely upon and he's got the three-pointer now is the three-pointer the next steph curry no but it's there it's a threat yeah and his spin move and he does like patented like spin move right including euro steps which is something you have to work on you can't just be seven you know what i mean like that's not something of course him having long arms and the physical tools that he has he might have more physical tools than greater physical tools than any nba player i've seen personally at seven feet with that being that big and even i mean that's not a tool either because he had to get all that weight on himself yeah i, I think the speed and all that is most impressive to me the mm-hmm. speed and the athleticism but don't take his words too seriously i think what he was meaning to say and i don't i'm not a, I don't, i'm not a psychiatrist so i can't necessarily speak for james harden but i just don't believe that he was actually literally meaning that Giannis Antetokounmpo has no skill it's just that there's a certain part of the game and we all saw it last year when they played against the raptors where you had to have a little shake in your game. You had to be able to have a mid-range jump shot, three-point shot that was lethal, or that was not even lethal, that was reliable in certain situations, and he did not have that, which is something that James Harden specializes in. Mm-hmm. I think that's more of what he's pointing to. I don't think that he's saying that James, that Giannis Antetokounmpo doesn't have any skill. Now, just, what were you going to say? I just feel like, uh, I'm not going to say he was upset, but I just feel like James Harden is a very prideful person in his response. I mean, as soon as they brought up Kevin Walker, he's like, I have a more system. Like, that was like, he, like was immediate class. Like. Well, that is a thing, too, that uh, people, and that's not just him. You were saying that um, Charles Barkley just says that he just dribbled, dribbled, dribbled. Yeah. And I mean, for the past few years, James Harden has been one of the best passers, not only statistically, but eye test-wise in the league. I mean, ever since they moved him to point guard. He, right. Yeah. So he, I mean, the first he time they let the, the first time he was the point guard. Right. So 
he's a damn good he's a damn good passer so that can get annoying for somebody when everybody says you can't pass the ball you're selfish or this that and the third and the guy even last year when he was averaging 36 points a game was averaging about almost eight assists a night so it's not like he does it's not like he's not a great passer it's not a willing passer it's just that what his team asks of him he want he he goes out there and he does yeah i mean i think um part of what they said in the rest of that interview was that uh he doesn't get enough respect Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's fair. I think a lot yeah. of people have the stigma around him. He doesn't play defense when this year he has more blocks, more mm-hmm. deflections, more steals than Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. or that he's a choke in the playoffs yeah. or things of that nature that people. Or that he saying. just runs and chucks up shots. I think there's a lot of stigmas around him and like narratives that aren't necessarily true. So he doesn't get a lot of respect. Like I mean, the defensive error. Like even last year, he wasn't a bad defender. He led the league in steals. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things that like have changed over the years that people just want to keep running with the same narrative. Yeah, and like I like like he's, I mean, this is one of the more skillful players in the league from dribbling to shooting to passing. He has all those all encompassing and almost mastered pretty much all of them too he's an absolutely like I mean generational type of talent playing with another generational talent in Russell Russell Westbrook yeah the two are averaging the most that any duos ever averaged which I think was like 60.25 points per game they're absolutely amazing they're going to be lethal in the playoffs as far as the respect that he gets out on the court that is correct he does not get a lot of respect and for whatever reason that may be I mean yeah sure does he struggle in the playoffs but as I've said on this show and as we've said on this show I think the playoffs playoff struggles are a little bit overblown over the last few years yeah I mean he if you look at his stats a lot of them sometimes are better than his regular season stats right it's not like he struggles a little bit, and that's, I mean, everybody doesn't, nobody, like, plays the same as they do regular season mm-hmm. come playoff time. It gets a little bit nah, tougher, it's tougher restricted with the calls. Teams are really locked in this time because they all want to ring. And I think his play, sty- his play style is naturally going to make things tougher for him. Whereas somebody like LeBron, and I think this is what he's talking about. This is where we can make the connection for all the people that are listening right now. Because I know some people will say, well, LeBron's stats take a peek in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that people don't understand that James Harden was kind of kind of alluding to right there, let's remember, James, not James Harden, LeBron James is a locomotive. Mm-hmm. 6'9", 6'10", because he's not 6'8", he's probably like 6'9", 6'10", but even if you think he is 6'8", 250, 260 pounds, pure strength, muscle, faster than a lot of guards running around, more agile, more quicker on his feet than most guys. He's players in the league. Exactly. Not 100%. to mention how much weight muscle he's weight coming at you in the break. 100%. James Harden does not have those things. No. So the way that LeBron James gets his points in the playoffs or even in the regular season compared to how James Harden has to get his or Steph Curry has to get his in the playoffs, it's going to be different. LeBron James in no, in every setting, no matter where he's at, because he's so physically gifted and he's so great passing the ball and has great skill, he's going, but more than anything else, I mean, physical, physical ability, he's going to be able to dominate no matter what, because you haven't seen a specimen like this in the NBA mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Whereas James sure. Harden, I mean, a nice 6'6", 6'5", 220, 240, whatever you think, but not going to necessarily, like, wow you with the physical theatrics or anything like that. No. And I think with Giannis Antetokounmpo being seven feet, does it help? Yes. But I don't want people to think, because there are people even on the opposite end who do say Giannis has no skill. Yeah. I don't want to say that because Giannis Antetokounmpo clearly has skill. If yeah. he did not have I mean, skill, he, he wouldn't to, be who he is. He has to work at less a little bit. certain things right. to be able to get buckets. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the only thing we're saying. That's all. That's the only thing I think James Harden was trying to say. I don't know that he was necessarily trying to say that he has no skill or zero skill or that his three-pointer is on 25 rating on 2K or some shit like that. It's not yeah. what he's going for right there. I think Giannis put it at the end of the beat, basically. He was basically just like, hey, I'm not trying to do any of this. I just want to Mm-hmm. go home and see my family after winning games and I think and I, personally when I first heard it I was like ah he running but then I'm like you know what that's a good idea let's not sit here and act like 
He wants to go out there and go play. Yeah. Let's I not mean, let it be a if distraction. If they're both about to smoke what they say they are, they'll see We'll see each other in the play- finals, playoffs, whatever. Or, yeah, uh, finals, I'm sorry. Or in the regular season, in the last matchup, whatever, you can settle it then. Whatever happens. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if we do see them in the finals, that would be amazing. That would be, That'd so be a fun, fun series. That's one of the ones I wouldn't mind watching. That would that would be fun to watch. Also, for the people, because Max Kellerman said this yesterday on First Take, I believe. Yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yesterday on First Take. Said that James Harden was being sensitive. Here's the thing about here's the thing about James Harden being sensitive. Is he being a tad bit sensitive? Yeah. Here's the thing. Can you answer can anybody answer this question for me? Was Michael Jordan not sensitive? Yes. Was Kobe Bryant not sensitive? Was yes. Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant not sensitive? Considered the most sensitive athlete to have ever played basketball, right? LeBron James, is he sensitive? Some people think not. But when you are a great competitor and somebody comes at you in a certain way, they're going to clap back. Either way, it doesn't matter. But James Harden is going to use this as fuel. That's what great athletes do. That's why they are sensitive. They want people to say bad stuff about him sometimes. Michael Jordan used to be looking for people to say stuff bad stuff about him because he wanted to have to use it as fuel in some way, shape, or form. So when people say James Harden is sensitive, you're damn right he's sensitive. He's a competitor. At yeah, the end of the and day. to be fair, I think when you come when you get to the level that they are, a lot of pride comes with that position. You know what I'm saying? That really confidence. Himself the best player in the league for like the last three years. So <clears> when somebody who's just won an and I'm, I think he just lost an MVP to mm-hmm. another player when he had a historical season as he did, obviously he's going to be upset about it. So it, it's it's and I love James Harden's mentality, by the way. I mean, look, here's the thing. Here's the thing about it. If you don't, if at his at James Harden's level, if you do not think you are the best, I feel like you're at a disadvantage as a player a lot of times when you don't believe that because that means that the other guy, being Giannis Antetokounmpo, being LeBron James, being Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, whoever you want to name as a top player in the NBA, that person probably is thinking in their head, I am the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. So you're playing with a level of fear that I'm not playing with, and that's going to allow me to be more aggressive and do more things on the basketball court than you can. So I love that James Harden is out there saying, I feel like I'm the best player. I fall, I walk out there and every single night, I don't think anybody's better than me. Nobody can mess with me. And some people may think, well, that's cocky. But Kobe did it. Jordan had that swagger. He had that same walk to him. Go through any list of players you want to of the greats. They all had that kind of swagger to him. I I agree with that. That, that a lot of them do have like they have that comments about them. They're very like they use whatever they can to fuel the burn mm-hmm. for the fire. But at the same time, I think that. James Harden questioning the validity of the MVP award. After I don't he like didn't that. Win it, I don't think that was. I think that was kind of just like, hey, I didn't win the award. Now it's a bad award. Mm-hmm. It's all media, but it's all narrative. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like that part. And we didn't get to that part. But I don't like that part either. Because here's the thing: like MVP is human error. Yeah. It, it's voted on by people who, who are humans. They're going to get it right. Sometimes they're going to get it wrong. And I don't think he should be worrying too much about an MVP award. Yeah. Look, go out there and show what you can do. As far as playoffs, he has a lot to prove in the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, especially with what everybody's saying. To certain, pe- yeah, to absolutely yeah. certain people, he has to go out there and go prove himself more and more and more every single year. And to and to his credit, and to the Rockets' credit, you got to remember, it's not like they were playing against a bunch of chumps. They weren't yeah. playing, you know, they were playing against the Warriors the past few years, yeah. and it ain't easy every walking through them. Every year they had to them. go against arguably the best team ever assembled. Ever assembled. So it's not like these dudes are just walking around like. Walking around like, yeah, damn, we really just did fuck up. Like, I mean, you're playing the Warriors. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't no cakewalk around here. Yeah, I mean, they, I think last season they definitely had the chance to mm-hmm. capitalize on um, them missing Kevin Durant and Steph Curry playing bad in the first half. Really, that bad. was amazing, and that kind of to me that um that was amazing. By the way, were you, you were gonna say something? I was just saying that I think that they that there were a couple playoff runs that they could have capitalized oh, on, yeah. but unfortunately we're not able to. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I, I can remember like a big kind of choke moment. I guess people can say if that is such thing. Like if that choke thing is going to be used, I remember this game six against the Spurs in what was it twenty seventeen. That one was like, oh, when he went out and scored six points in game six, I was like, yeah, that's uh, And then here's the thing about it. Look, if you, 
it's one thing to play bad in a game but be aggressive. It's another thing when you don't even shoot the ball and it's like, you know what I mean? Like he wasn't even aggressive in that game. So yeah. that's one time. But the rest of these series that he's played against the Warriors, he gives it his best effort out there. 100%. I think those Warriors, and like you said, I mean, Steph Curry came in with an heroic effort in the second half. Yeah. Heroic I definitely think that they were, I, I don't think that they've necessarily choked, but I also don't think that they necessarily seized the moment that they could have. Nah, nah. And that's, I mean, that's a fair criticism and they're going to have to do that this year. And it's a differently constructed roster. And while we're sitting here, while we're sitting here, because I think we're good on all the Giannis Antetokounmpo stuff we said that. I, by the way, like we said, we don't agree with yeah, what he says about Giannis the MVP the piece, and all that so stuff. I think arguably he's, uh, he definitely has a case to best player in the world right oh, now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. And when that, jump shot, when that jump shot really starts falling, it is lights out. I mean, he's only going to get better. It is lights out out here. And he's only 25 years old. So be scared, everybody. Be scared. But as far as the Rockets go. I just want to talk about this because we don't talk about them enough. We didn't talk about their small ball lineup. We no, talked about no, it, we but we didn't about talk about yeah. like the aftermath of them making that trade and yeah, what the success, and success I mean, they've had. Yeah. yeah, they are running through teams with this small ball lineup I mean, right yeah, now. I love teams it. they played, they it. dismantled them by the third quarter. Yeah, I, I love the lineup because one thing about it, you are maximizing. You see, a lot of times teams say, well, this guy, it's his fault because he didn't do this and do that. No, 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 no. These players are absolutely 100% elite like, we can both agree, James Harden and Russell Westbrook are first ballot Hall of Famers. Yeah. For, even right now, retire tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Your first ballot I Hall mean, of Famers. you don't have a triple-double for, like, three seasons and not being the first uh, Hall of Famer. Not to mention the 40-point <coughs> triple-double, 60-point mm-hmm. triple-doubles from James Harden himself. So, instead of saying it's your fault because you can't do this or you can't do that, no, we're going to maximize the space out there on the floor and we're going to cater to you. And they've done that, and Russell Westbrook is playing better than I've seen him play. Yeah. Like, honestly, I mean, in terms of statistically-wise, if I've seen him play better, possibly. I think but this is the first time in his career he's, he's had, had some space. team say, hey, we're going to maximize your talent and make you as good Man. as possible. And look at what's going on right now. He's been more efficient than he's ever been, and he's deadly down there on the court. I think Dan Antonio is doing for Russell Westbrook for what he did for Steve Nash and mm-hmm. all the other cards he's helped over there. And years. James Harden and those guys, he's freeing up space. He's allowing him to play his game. And are they favoring Russell Westbrook with that? Yeah, absolutely. They are favoring him. And they should. Yeah. James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they're not too far behind. Whatever. Russell Westbrook better than James Harden? Okay. Is James Harden better than Russell Westbrook? Okay. Whatever your opinion is, they're not too far away from each other. Yeah. So the best thing is to try and get both of these guys the maximum amount of space and players as much out of them as you can but you got as much as you possibly can you don't have next season isn't guaranteed contract wise and to me they their level now i put them right on the level of the lakers and the clippers i put them right there like this small ball lineup i don't know when teams are going to figure this out and i don't know if they they really can up against bigs like valentin anthony davis um deandre Aiden, and they Mm. both all those bigs have been held like 12 points Mm -hmm. let's say three bounds like they've all been locked up a little bit and i think the thing about it is i mean well where's the rebounding where's this and there's that here's the thing man those dudes are some hounds on defense, and they're hounds rebounding. Because you have so many smaller guys on the court, they're really, really active on defense. And the thing about it is, as well, Russell Westbrook's one of the best at getting the ball and going. Yeah, and I mean, if you got your big man rebound, I mean, it's very Magic Johnson. As soon as he grabs the rebound, he's, he's gone. Head is up, and he's, he's looking. And if you have Rudy Gobert on him, or Anthony Davis, which we kind of anticipate because they had Rudy Gobert on him when they played the Jazz to stop his penetration. Mm-hmm. If they have Anthony Davis, or if they have Zubac, or no, whoever they put, not Zubac, but they'll probably have Beverly or any one of these guys. If they have a big on him. And he gets the rebound. He is gone, and there's no way that big is catching him. Yeah. No way. So you're already you know, at a disadvantage. A lot of the time, there's no one anybody's catching him, let alone somebody seven foot. A big, exactly. So now your rim protection, now your enforcer is gone, and they are playing rough shot on the rim. Yeah. Three point shooters. I mean, I watched. I, I watched the game against the Grizzlies, and they got up so many three pointers. Mm-hmm. They weren't just chucking them up; they were like hitting them. Like Austin Rivers was hitting. Robert Covington was hitting. My goodness, man! Like they, they. If if this thing goes like it's supposed to go, this is one of those things where it could be like either we sink or we swim. And right now they're swimming, swimming big right yeah, now. So if they can continue this, 
I look out Lakers, look out Clippers, look out NBA. Michael Phelps right now. So yeah. I mean, they're taking off. <laughs> so, I mean. I think after that trade, they have a real shot. I think Winning a championship. Winning a championship. I think they have a real shot. Man. As, um, Dan Antonio isn't the GM, though, right? No, that okay. would be. I don't want to get that wrong. But I want to say Daryl Morey. Okay. I want to say Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey is the GM. Okay. Because somebody, somebody is trying to bring him over to another team right now. But, yes, Daryl Morey is the GM. He's the analytics guy. I think that the small ball lineup could change the way that certain teams play in the future. Like oh, yeah. You might see players like John Moran like, end Oof. up having no space, like any more space than he had previously. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what you really need out there on the floor. You're catering to your best player out there. The Bucks have done the best job of doing that. I think what you the Bucks did your best player. Was, not the Bucks, the um, Rockets did, was they took all the chance out of it. They said, mm -hmm. we're not going to worry about if Capella's going to step up or if this player's going to step up. Mm -hmm. We're leaving the hands of our stars and we're going to let them. Ultimate trust. We're going to make sure that we that they know we trust them. Ultimate trust in your players. And I mean, that's what you, I mean, as a GM, I, I commend that because you have two guys who you can trust out yeah. there on the floor. Like these are not two dudes who are just no. You can trust these dudes out on the floor. And I will say to all the Russell Westbrook haters out there, or even the James Harden hater out haters out there, but mostly Russell Westbrook haters. As I said previously, I can't remember what episode I was talking about, but I was talking about how Russell Westbrook situation OKC, although it was nice. You never ever cater to Russell Westbrook fully. No, so we're not shooters out there on the floor for him when he penetrated they to be able to pass out. roll, but not necessarily Russell Westbrook. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. this is an opportunity where. Like LeBron James has had this, where teams are catered to him. Stephen Curry, Kumpo, had it. Stephen Curry has James had teams Harden. catered to him. James Harden has had teams catered to him. Some of these other guys in the league, namely Russell Westbrook, have not necessarily had that. I mean, imagine if Russell Westbrook had a, a lineup like he does now throughout his whole career. There'd be a different Oof. discussion between him and Curry and a other players. Efficiency gets up, yeah, and you see a lot more dunks and a lot more and yelling going on. He has been up now that he's had the space. Mm -hmm. So this is, I, I like the Rockets. I'm not gonna sit here and say. Far and away the best team, no. But this puts them right on the level of the Lakers and the Clippers. I, think so I pretty much had the them there. Right now. Yeah, that, oh yeah, I think so for sure too. As good as the Lakers are playing and as good as the Bucks. the Bucks are playing right now, I like where the Rockets are right now, and I think they put themselves in a good position here. So I think that is that all we really got for this one. Yeah, I think that's good. That's all um, in regards to. So we address so we address James Harden versus Giannis Antetokounmpo, which we are going to keep tabs on because well, not really because I think Giannis kind of ended it. But yeah. if there's anything that keeps going, we are going to keep tabs on it because so this is up. actually really interesting. I like it. I like this whole like competitive streak. I like the whole thing. Some some team some fans be complaining it's not competitive anymore. They don't play hard no more. You got two guys who don't like each other, and then you have people still complaining. Yeah. So I think people should just like sit back, watch it go on because it's it's interesting. It's basketball. That's how it is. Next, we are going to talk about one of the most polarizing players in the NBA today, Draymond Green. Is he a Hall of Famer? Some people will say hell yeah, some people will say absolutely not. We're going to debate and we're going to talk about it next. Stay tuned on Just a Casual's Insight. Back on Just a Casual's Insight to, as I said earlier, talk about one of the most polarizing players in the NBA today, maybe of all time, Draymond Green of the Warriors. Is he a Hall of Famer? Your thoughts? Um, you want me to name off accomplishments first? or uh, No, if I'll just give up my opinion, that's fair. I think he's a Hall of Famer personally. I think he has a resume for it. And I mean, it's only eight years in. He might have double that amount of time left in the NBA. So I think at this point right now, he's a Hall of Famer. So just to name off some accomplishments, or just his statistics overall, I want to name off his points per game, assists per game, rebounds per game, because this is where people say he's not a Hall of Famer. For his career, he averages nine points per game, five assists per game, about seven rebounds per game. Three-time NBA champion, Defensive Player of the Year in 2017, a three-time NBA Defensive First Team, two-time NBA Defensive Second Team, including last year being on the second team, the 2017, 2017 Steals leader as well. Now, do I believe he's a Hall of Famer? Yes. And for the people who do not believe he is, he's a Hall of Famer, I say 
I say this. When we when we evaluate Draymond Green, we should not evaluate him based off of based off of simply did he score, did he do this, where his numbers eye popping. Yeah. I think you ha- he has to be evaluated differently from the standpoint of he brings something to the table that sometimes cannot be looked at on a stat sheet. But if you watch the games, you will realize that at times he is the second most important player on that team. Yeah. In all honesty, in all honesty, he might be the most second most second most important player on that team from his defense, the way he helps and rotates to the way that to the way that he um, blocks shots, timely blocks, timely steals, his intensity out on the court, his vocal leadership out there on the floor. And on top of that, I mean, is he the best on offense? No, but he contributes something, and he's probably the best passer on that team, at least from a t- statistical standpoint. Like I said earlier, five assists per game, but for the last few years, he's been leading, leading the Warriors in assists per game. So this is a guy who is very important. When Curry gets doubled off of those pick and rolls, he's the one that always takes the ball and has to make decisions about where the yeah. ball goes exactly. And I don't, I don't, I get it. If you put him in another setting, is he the same player? Da 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 da. Is he going to be the same exact player? No. But can you make that argument for a lot of players? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Was Kevin Durant, is Kevin Durant the same player no. in OKC that he was in Golden State? No, he different wasn't. Player, more different player. Points, though, the same point. You saw way more dunks for Kevin Durant simply because he was able, simply because he was able to run down the lanes. He had two shooters at all times. So I don't necessarily think that we should use that against Draymond Green. He was put. He was. He played for the team that he was drafted for. Yeah. He couldn't do anything about that, 100%. Couldn't do anything about that. What he has done is contribute to a dynasty. And that's 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 big. That's important. That's huge. And he's a winner at the end of the day. More than anybody else wants to say that he's a winner. And I think we have to get away as people from, from the stats so much. Because guys like Patrick Beverly are important. Like, very, very important to teams. Draymond yeah. Green is very, very important to teams. A guy like Andre Godala, very, very important to teams. A guy like Jay Crowder, Shane Battier, very important to their teams in different ways that you may not like, but in ways that are just as important sometimes as the dude who's scoring all the points. Mm-hmm. So I really that's that's really my evaluation of it. I can't see where he's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean I'll just standpoint. say I mean people look at it on points because they base points at everything. Mm-hmm. If you're not average twenty points a game, you're a bum. You're not yeah, you're not yeah. a Hall of Famer. But I think that he like is the gel that fills all the cracks that's in Golden State. Mm-hmm. He's I mean if you watch him rotate on defense, I've never seen anybody rotate that hard besides maybe a Scottie Pippen or somebody mm-hmm. like that. There's nobody. I mean, he knows where the holes are going to be before they're there. And he's. I mean, he's an in, he's an intense dude. And you people got to remember like one thing. And this is an intangible thing. This is not something that you can measure out on the basketball court. But if anybody remembers KG and the intensity that he brought to Boston with him, it's contagious. Everybody starts to play hard because KG's playing so hard. Yeah. And I think Draymond Green he br- kind of brings that same DNA where because he's playing so hard. And because he's so loud and he's so he's so confident in himself and he's so confident in that team, it's contagious for the rest of that team. Just the way that Steph's joy joy is contagious to that team. Yeah, Steph- the way he plays, let Steph Curry and Clay Thompson beat Clay Thompson without mm-hmm. Draymond Green taking up the ball. They're not sprinting up to their spots. One hundred percent. And he's a guy who handles the ball yeah. actually a lot more than people like. I mean, people think rather for that team, and maybe yeah. some more than people would like on that team. I think he's definitely up there, and as far as like defensive player, he's one of the best. In my opinion, he's top three in the league right now. One of the yeah, absolutely one of the best defensive players of this like of this era of the 2010s like somewhere in that era he's one of the best and he may not be the best on ball defender that people like but like i said in terms of the way he rotates the position that he has very tim duncan-esque in the way that he's pos- perfectly positioned it seemingly all times to be able to stop yeah, somebody. when steph gets doubled he's the one who gets the ball he drives perfectly and gets a delay up or kicks it to somebody else on his way to the drive very great iq as well on the basketball court it is not easy for everybody to just be able to sink in with the Warriors. You have to be able to have a certain mind. And he's just filling a role, guys. If he was asked to do more, he would be able to do more. Yeah. 
but I mean, he, he would have to do more. But the role that he fills, he is a superstar role player. There is nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Some guys need to be more without, with that. I mean, I think a big enough thing here is people say the Warriors lost that like championship to the Cavaliers because he wasn't there. Yeah, because he wasn't there. At, yeah, he, there you go. Damn. If he's just a role player or he's just a guy that doesn't get fucked up when he gets switched onto somebody mm-hmm. else, then I mean that then they should have won anyway. And I mean, in Game Seven, what do you have? Thirty-two and fifteen. Yeah. So I mean, he's in, he's in port. He's absolutely one hundred percent. And if if more than anything else. All people that are Draymond Green, Green haters can say, is he one of the more important players on the biggest dynasty of the past, what, 20 years? Mm-hmm. Or no, we'll say 10 years. He is one of those guys, 100%. He is. And, if, and on that alone, you can know that he is a very valuable player and that he's important in, in more ways than one. Yeah, he's definitely a special player. And a message for all the kids out there, like, don't be afraid to be a Draymond Green. Do not be afraid to be a Patrick Beverly. You do not have to score 50 points on your high school team to make the NBA. It doesn't have to be, you can come in there with intensity. You can bother people. You can pest people. You can bring a lot of in, up to your game, bring a lot of intensity, be focused on both ends of the court, set screens, do all those little things. And you can be in the NBA and you can be in a very uh, important part to a great team. Just yeah. like Draymond Green has been. And while he's intense, he's also intelligent at the same time. Yeah. I think he, he always, I mean, I don't think, no offense to Steph Curry and Klay Thompson or even some of the coaching staff, but I don't, I, he's, I'd say maybe only Steve Kerr knows that playbook better than he does. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he really, he really knows that playbook. Yeah. Especially playing out, of, playing out of those situations where it's four on so three, things like that. They are before they happen. 100%. One of the higher IQ players you have in the NBA, period. Like, I not even look like it sometimes when he gets kicked out of the game or he gets mm-hmm. a second attack and all that, but he's <laughs> an emotional guy, I guess. I wonder what that... that Charles, Charles Barkley, gotta, he got to let go of that shit. He got to let go of that a little bit. Triple single, I guess. <laughs> he got he to gotta, he gotta let go of that one, man. It ain't, I don't know if it's that serious. I don't know if it's that dire for you to be now, talking about. It was because Draymond time. started to beef when they was like, like when they tried to compare him to Charles Barkley and Draymond was like, oh, yeah. like what? Like, I'm oh, not yeah. Charles, I'm Draymond Green. Like, <laughs> and I, I mean, I like that about him. But don't act, but don't act like Charles Barkley wasn't shit back in the 90s. Don't act like that. Some of his stuff he does piss me off, though. Like, when James Harden dunked him, when he was, like, a child afterwards. Like, oh, yeah. James Harden, I was like, what are you doing? Dude? Sometimes that competitiveness of his and that intensity of his, it does, you know, pour itself yeah. out of, you know, different things. And it's not always filtered in the right way. But for the most part, I feel like it's a great thing. And I feel like it's very, very important. That's championship DNA at the end of the day. Yeah. That's championship DNA. You have to have that intensity. That's for even for a reason. 100%. And I really don't, I really don't feel any need to say nothing. Look, I mean, the statistics—they don't look always the best, but I would tell you, look at the games. Watch how important this guy really is to the bas- to the basketball team. One of the best dynasties of the past ten years, like we always say. Mm-hmm. So, is that all we really got for Draymond Green? I think that's all. I think you, from both of our thoughts, on that, but we both think he's a Hall of Famer for several reasons. One hundred percent. And for people who do not think he's in a Hall of Famer, uh, hit us up any platform. We can debate that 100%. Somebody bring, somebody bring, somebody bring something. Somebody bring us a little bit of fuel. We could talk about this and possibly you can change our mind. 98% chance, sure you're not, but there's a 2% chance you could. If I say most time, I got the time for it. 100%. So we're going to, that's pretty much it for Draymond Green. We'll get back to you guys on just the casuals insight. We are going to give playoff predictions and finals predictions coming up. We'll see you. My phone just did a software update. I don't know. That shit was stupid, bro. And for a second, I was going to be like, ah, fuck it, delete it. And I was like, nah, let me, let me not do that. Oh, we got it. All right. Back on Just the Casuals Insight for this last segment, Jelani Smith, Dakota Mitchell. We are talking about the playoffs. Now, little asterisk on this topic right now. 
these standings, these seeds are very much subject to change. Yeah. All we are giving is our predictions if hypothetically everything was to stay the, stay the same. If that, yeah, the season ended right now. If the season were to end right now, who's winning and what series and what's happening and what do we think our finals what our finals predictions would be? So, I want to give you guys I want to give you guys the playoff matchups as they are if the season were to end today. Mm-hmm. In the Eastern Conference, you have the number 1 seed Bucks against the number 8 seed Nets. You have the number 2 seed Raptors against the Magic at the 7. Then you have the Celtics going up against the Pacers in the first round and the Heat and the 76ers going up against each other in the first round. So let's start with that. Bucks and Nets. Um, Bucks and Nets, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to give it to the Bucks right now, especially with Kyrie and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, and they're going to be out for the entire season. So yeah. the Bucks, are, that's that's probably, I mean, how many games? I mean, do you, uh, what are you looking I'm at? I'll be honest with you, Bucks, four. I'll be honest with you, four. Bucks and four. The Bucks aren't looking to, aren't I mean, looking to prolong that series. Woody, but he already said he don't want to guard Giannis. So <laughs> he said that? Yeah. Ah, shit, well... Uh, okay, well, like nobody wants to see him first round. I actually don't want to see him. Raptors Magic. This was a playoff matchup last year. The first time that game one they played, uh, DJ Augustin hit, hit a game winner in order, yeah. f- you know, for it to go five games. The Raptors ended up winning the West uh, four games straight to uh, end that series. But I think this time, uh, looking at the Magic roster against the Raptors this year, and I'm starting to think about it in my head right now, it's probably going to be the same thing. Raptors in five, I'd probably say. I can agree with that. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with everybody who's saying I haven't watched a single Magic game this year, <laughs> and I don't plan on it. <laughs> This year, they're, this, boring team. this year they're 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 nice like they're not I mean Aaron Gordon has improved everything posed to White Howard in the match <laughs> uh, uh, Vucevic is all-star caliber player 100% Aaron Gordon is I mean everybody remembers him being robbed of dunks but this dude is actually a really solid player on that team Markel Fultz is coming into his own Jonathan Isaac is coming into his own and Terrence Ross is a very nice bench player yeah. very nice coming off the I bench think, I think five games because you know what I'm not gonna do the magic disrespectful like that they are a nice team but I see five I think, it won. I think possibly six the best plus side the magic had to this is that uh, some of the younger players get paid playoff right. so besides that I definitely see the um, Raptors in five six maybe and that's if, like that's ma- yeah. dropping the ball in. yeah because you know what here's the thing about the Raptors that I will say and the reason why I possibly say six is because there is no Kawhi Leonard anymore and they're gonna need somebody else to step up and I don't want to sit here and say that Pascal Siakam will not step up I think he'll be perfectly fine in playoff matchups but the key to them being able to go to the finals or being able to make these series not as long as they need to be is going to depend on Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry it's going to depend on if they can get the ball put the ball in the basket and be efficient doing it because we all know about Kyle Lowry and his issues scoring the ball but he brings a lot to the table Fred Van Vliet I feel like is going to have to come into his own this year and he's more than capable of doing it and put the ball in the basket at a high level if they're going to want to compete with these other high top teams in the uh, Eastern Conference right now but I do see Raptors and uh, Magic in five. You see Raptors and Magic in five. We can yeah. slide on that pass. Celtics Pacers, which is probably one of the more competitive matchups in the Eastern Conference. If that, if everything was to stay the same, don't sleep on the Pacers. But what do you believe? Um, if Victor is healthy, I think this is like a different conversation mm-hmm. because that man took the Cavaliers almost. Yeah, the Pacers were serious. Like, they, 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 were serious. The Cavaliers. They, they were serious. But they were since serious. Al Depot right now, I'm not saying he's not going to get back there, but he's mm-hmm. a former shell of himself. I'm going to give it to the Celtics and. Maybe five. They're pretty efficient right pa- now. I'm be honest with you. I, I I love the Celtics and I love their construction of their team. Um, and like you said, Oladipo is probably not going to be the same player. Like no, I I, right I don't now. count on I, I don't count back. on him doing. I'm not either. expecting him to average even 20 points a game. Not expecting it at all. Next year you'll see a different Oladipo than you're seeing right yeah. now. But right now this Oladipo version right now who's supposed who is the go-to scorer on the team 100. percent and the Pacers, you know, and the Pacers, one thing about them, they have trouble closing out games. Yeah. They have trouble closing out games. You saw it last year in the playoffs when they played the Celtics. They had leads going into the fourth quarter. They ended up not closing out because Victor Oladipo wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And now he's healthy, but he's not Victor Oladipo at the moment. Yeah. So you have other guys on a team who are supposed to be able to bring something different, but I don't see this series changing much. Celtics in, I'll get the Pacers two games, six. 
I'll give it two. I think it depends on how they adjust the big ass miles turning down there. But outside mm-hmm. of that, I think I'm gonna go with five. I five think the games. Celtics are really fine tuned and they move really quick. I think mean, yeah. I don't think they'll be able to keep up. I mean, J- Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, them boys are playing like fiends right now. They, 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 and they. I mean, they are. They're not playoff proven, but you've seen what they did the first time they were in the playoffs, and you've seen that they, they're not yeah. afraid of those moments. Jason can definitely step up to those moments. I know uh, Jalen Brown can too. Mm-hmm. He's a good defender for them, and just overall, I mean, I'm not. He doesn't fill the same role as Draymond Green, but as far as defense wise, he runs the floor. Mm-hmm. Marcus Smart is, is a very important part to that team. I, I I mean, some people were like weird about the extension, but I like the fact that they paid that man. And even with those players on close, they have Kemba now too. So. Mm-hmm. And Kemba's, Kemba's he ain't no joke. Y'all gonna find out. Y'all gonna find out sooner or later. Heat versus 76ers, the most competitive matchup that, in the Eastern Conference. This better. is the most interest in most interesting one. The Heat added some players there, um, during the All-Star break. They added Jay Carter. They added Andre Godala for defense on the perimeter. You have a team in Philly who is not healthy as of right now, but they're probably gonna be healthy for the playoffs. What do you think they're gonna? I know what I already think about Philly, man, and I, I, I'm not too high. I'm probably the lowest on Philly out of any team in the playoffs. To be honest with you. That's funny. That's kind of funny though, because a year ago you'd have been like, I love Philly. Yeah. This was just a different. This was a different yeah, team, though. You know what I'm saying? It's a different, different team. team for sure. Yeah. Um, that one's. I'm not. I wish I could say it's as easy as I wanted to say it is, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's like definitely like if Philly plays how they're supposed to, then I want to give it to Philly. But mm-hmm. when has Philly played like they're supposed to? This season, <laughs> so. Um, I want to say, I, I think personally myself, it's going to go seven games. Seven games. I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious about that. I'm, I'm, I believe I think, that because seven six are talented series, enough. I think they have Italian, but I, I think the Heat have more bucket getters themselves mm-hmm. and shooters in general, and I think that's what the league is all about these days. Mm-hmm. And I have no offense to Ben Simmons. I think you're a great talent, but you just been dropping. You dropped the ball this season. <laughs> you never picked it back up. So, Remember, yeah. So here's the thing. Seven. Here's the thing. I say Heat 7-2, and I don't want to, I'm, I'm low on the 76ers, and the reason why I'm low on the 76ers is not because I don't believe in Joel Embiid or even Ben Simmons at that fact. The, the roster around them, and the reason why I was so high on Philly last year, Jimmy Buckets was there, and you had J.J. Redick there as well. You had two guys who were shooters who were threats out on the perimeter, and they can space the floor out and move things around for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid a little bit. You lost those guys. I mean, in addition, they also had Tobias Harris, another floor spacer out there. You have only him now, and then you have more guys like Cork Moss coming off the bench, Trey Burke, but to be honest with you, the way I see it, the Heat are the number one team in um, zone defense this year. They play a lot of zone. And everybody knows with zone that they're asking you to shoot the ball, basically, if you play zone. Yeah. And Philly, I don't trust them enough to hit shots down the stretch of games. That they're, I don't trust that they're going to hit enough shots down the stretch of a game when they really need it against a zone defense or even against a matchup zone to where they can win this series. I think and, the 76ers are too easy to play while Ben Simmons can't shoot. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I think it's, it's, it's too big of a hindrance. Now, if Ben Simmons could shoot the ball, I might. That's what... It changed yeah. for me, but I mean, I think it's kind of similar to how Russ was in OKC. If mm-hmm. you make Russ Joel Embiid, I mean, mm-hmm. they can leave Ben anytime they want to double Joel. Go Embiid. double him, and trap even, him, even triple team sometimes, and go trap him. And it's not like Joel Embiid is the best three point shooter either. Yeah. So they're 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 really hindered not only by Ben Simmons but by the fact that they just don't have a lot of shot makers out there on the floor. And Miami's coming down there with Jimmy Butler, one of the more clutch players in the NBA. Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Goran Dragic. Now it is. A question mark on whether those how those guys are going to play in the playoffs, especially against a stout defense like the Philadelphia yeah, I mean, 76ers. Yeah, they're a lot of very young guys, very young guys. But I feel like when it comes down to it, when these games are close, because these games are going to be close. The Heat and the 76ers, these are not going to be. We're saying a seven-game series. These games are going to be close. But I feel like the Heat are just going to have enough of an edge, especially if they keep that home court advantage to where they can beat the Philadelphia 76ers in seven games. Yeah. I got to give you guys an narrative. Uh, 
Jimmy Butler turns into an eagle, takes all the young players under his wings, just flies to the second round. <laughs> and he's he's been a great leader. He's yeah. been a great leader. A lot of the misconceptions that were about him, they're kind of being thrown away a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I and I love just the construction of that team, especially with Iguodala and and Jay Crowder now on the team. They bring even more toughness onto that team. I like him. I like him a lot. West now. West. This is interesting. These are actually some. I'm not gonna lie. These are some. They're not nail biters. They're, they're a little bit more interesting than the East though. If everything stays the same right now, you have the Lakers and the Grizzlies. That's not the most, you know, interesting matchup in the world. But yeah. what do you what do you believe? Lakers sweep. I don't think. Yeah. As young as they are, I think uh, they're too focused. I think they'd be they're literally beat at every position besides yeah. maybe the point guard position. Yeah. Le- I think LeBron and AD are going to be too focused. Yeah. They're not looking. I don't think they're looking to play around with the Grizzlies. This is LeBron's revenge. Season, guys. Yeah. They're not looking to play around the, with unless this. you have somebody to match up with him. He's going to give you buckets. Yeah. So I don't think he's playing around with this. He wants to be the goat. So <laughs> I think he's going full throttle. Yeah. I don't think they want to play around. They want that rest. They want to get rid of the Grizzlies as fast as they possibly can. Yeah. They're not trying to sit around. And so I, I see that one in four. Mm-hmm. Nuggets and Mavericks. This one, I'm. Ooh, I'm, I don't know, man. I don't know. This one's tough, but what do you believe? Um, the Mavericks are better than the record says. Yeah. Like, the Nuggets are the two seed. The Mavericks are the seven seed. But to be honest with you, the Mavericks ain't like they just... It's not like they play like a seven seed. This is legit yeah, well, if, I mean, if we're looking at record-wise, the seventh through, like, the fourth seed are all right next right. to each other. I mean, I think they're, like, two or three games behind the Rockets with a fourth mm-hmm. seed. So, um, I'm going to take the Mavericks. And how many games? Six. I take the Mavericks in, I'll be honest, six. Six. Now, if they go on ahead now, okay, so here's the thing. The, and some people will say, well, Luka, what if Luka gets taken out of the series or, or you know, they trap him or they do double. The Mavericks have more players than just, just Luka Doncic who put the ball in the matches up pretty nicely with Jokic. Mm-hmm. I don't, Jokic is not an amazing defender, no offense to him. Mm-hmm. He no, likes a lot of athleticism, so I think somebody like Luka Janet in the paint is going to be too much for them. And I remember one thing about the Nuggets last year. If you remember correctly, their first round matchup last year against the Spurs. Yeah. And they, that took them seven games. Mm-hmm. Jokic played incredible in that series in order for them to win. Jamal Murray played incredible in order for them to win that series. You're going against the number one most efficient offense of all time. Like, not just in the league, not just in the past three years, of all time. Mm-hmm. This is a tough team that you're playing right now. And on defense, they're not bad either. And like I was saying about Luka Doncic being the only scorer, that is not the case at all. There's another guy on that team named <clears throat> Steph, Seth Curry. That boy yeah. can put the ball in the basket. He's not just Steph Curry's brother. He, he can ball out for real. Jalen Brunson, Max Kleber, all those guys coming off the bench, not to mention Porzingis, the seven foot three unicorn. I just don't see it for the Nuggets down the stretch coming into these games when you have an assassin like Luka Doncic on that I, team. Yeah, I think... I don't think they have an answer for Luca. And I do, well, let's sit here and ask that question. Do you see Luca like hic- having a hiccup in the playoffs? No, I don't. Think, I don't see I it either. Maybe it's slowing down slightly, but it'd be more like a James Harden in the playoffs mm. slowdown. He's not gonna like halt all systems, you know. Like, he's, mm. he's going. He's, I think he's still going full steam. If anything, he might bump it up a little bit. He probably. I think so. I mean, they're gonna rely on him a little bit more. Ask a little bit more out of him. And the one thing about Denver. One thing about Denver, that they're right there. They have most of the things there. They, they're a great defensive team. They're actually great on the offensive end of the floor, too. They're missing, and I don't want to say Jokic isn't that guy, but they're missing a go-to score. Yeah. Like a, 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 a good, go-to score. I, I don't know. I wouldn't have him be my go-to You know score. what I'm saying? They need a guy, more guys. Uh, not Maybe. that Jamal Murray can't do it either, but they yeah, need another say, guy on the perimeter. years when Jamal Murray like, starts to step up a mm-hmm. little bit. But right now, and I think he's on the roster. The number one go-to scorer is on the roster. I just don't think right now is Michael Porter Jr. I yeah. feel like that's going to be six eleven can shoot the ball the way he can shoot the ball with that athleticism, and he has measurables like Anthony Davis. I think he's going to be their number one scorer. It's just that you know this is his first year coming in. I'm not sure where he's at right now with yeah. everything. So 
maybe in a few in a few years, Denver is extremely dangerous. But right but now, I feel like the Mavericks. I'm Denver. Right I hold all systems. I'd rather play OKC okay, if I'm Denver. That's what I, that's what I'm thinking too. And I mean, like I said, subject to change. We don't know who's just hypothetically. I'm not saying they end. just throw games so they can get the third seed. But I definitely throw a game and get the third seed. <laughs> okay, so Mavericks in six. We both have it. And be honest with you, I can see seven. I can see seven. But I I do see the Mavericks winning that series. Third one, Clippers versus Thunder. I like this matchup. I think it's gonna be a gritty series. And Very gritty series. series. I think, um, uh, Patrick Beverly coming in. Uh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Chris Paul <laughs> Those are two very, very like dog, very dog guys. Yeah. Um, I, if I gotta use my prediction, though, I'm gonna give you Clippers six. OKC is lucky. Yeah, that's if they're I lucky. Talk about personnel, if you ask me. That's if they're lucky. Not to mention how deep the Clippers are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're amazingly deep, and I mean, uh, deep to a fault. We can talk about in a little bit, but. Clippers, and I'm be honest with you, as much as I love the Oklahoma City Thunder with their three-guard attack and Dennis Schroeder, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and Chris Paul, um, there's just not enough ammo on that team to stop the Clippers. And yeah. I don't think on the defensive end of the floor they're going to be able to match up with a guy like Paul George or a guy like Kawhi Leonard or even a guy like Lou Williams out there who was an assassin Steven in his Adams own right. Work cut out for him. Very much so. Very much so in the paint. And not only that, I mean, Zubak is no joke. Montrez Harrell is going to be bringing energy. He wants mm -hmm. to. No, Montrez Harrell is going to bring his energy. No, I, I'm for Montrez Harrell. Zubak is. I'm not worried about Zubak. If I'm oh, going to I'm sitting there like, Zubak. Like, what is a Zubak? You know, like, I'm not fucking worried about no Zubak. I like, I like Zubak. He's a solid player. He's a good player. I just, I'm not worried about a Zubak in the series. But that, that four player nucleus. Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Kawhi Leonard. I'm not. Zubak is the last thing on my mind. <laughs> I think, I think the Clippers have too much ammo, to, to, to lose this series or botch this one. I feel like it's five games for them, and I know they haven't played a lot together. But I feel like when the playoff time comes around, their foot is going to be on the gas. Mm -hmm. Their foot is going to be on the gas. Sometimes I feel like in the regular season, their foot is not on the gas. I feel like compared to the Lakers, the Lakers seem like they they have their foot comfortably on the gas. Sometimes it looks like the Clippers' foot is completely off the gas. Yeah. Some of that is chemistry. Some of that is, and eh, we don't really care. Nah, they nah, haven't nah, played nah. enough. You so know, they may want the third seed over the second seed because I'd rather play the OKC than Mavericks myself. Yeah. So they're they're it's gonna be it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a dog fight for them. But I feel like, and it's going to be probably the more gritty series, one of the more gritty series, like you said. But I, I see Clippers in five in that one, possibly six. One thing, I, I, this is a little off note, but I think Kawhi Leonard had the pleasure of playing with some very nice coaches over the course of the Yeah, years. of course. Very yeah, nice. yeah. And that's why, I mean, that's why I don't like the whole GOAT conversation. I mean, yeah. Greg Popovich, now he has Doc Rivers with him. Doc Rivers, he had a... <clears throat> and he had Nick Nurse yeah, last year. And Nick Nurse last year, who was in it. Excellent coach is in the running for coach of the year this year. Yeah, I believe with the Toronto Raptors, the way he's helped position them. He's played with some amazing coaches, yeah. and coming down the stretch, they're gonna be good. I mean, with the with the leadership of Doc. Rivers. I'm excited to see how Paul George plays in the playoffs when he has a. I'm not no, hey, no man. Billy Donovan, but Doc Rivers is the next level coach above Billy Donovan. If you ask I, here's the thing: I, I love PG's game. I know there's been struggles from the playoffs. You got to remember, this is the same dude who was the spearhead of that Indiana Pacers team when they were playing Miami. Yeah. So this is a this is a serious dude, and I know some people would be like, eh, let's not worry about Paul George. That's where Paul George is the most dangerous when you're not thinking about him. That's the same the, the same way Kawhi can give you 45, PG can give you 45. Mm -hmm. So don't and, and Lou Williams as well. Just as good defensively. You know what I'm saying? Like they're I mean on offense, I in my opinion about equal. Defense, you might give Kawhi a little bit of an advantage right there, but about about at the same level. So yeah. they're going though. They're two this is not, very talented wing players who are the prime of their career. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he and he can get it on his own too. They have a bunch of guys. And don't forget about Lou Williams too, because he dropped fifty on the Warriors a few years ago. This dude ain't no joke either. So. Yeah, I mean, they made that series a lot harder than it had to be. Oof. The Warriors had had a lot more rest, so they didn't do mm -hmm. that. Too much ammo right there. So I feel like Clippers in five, possibly six, like you said. Last matchup in the West in the first round. Uh, this has been the matchup for the last two years. Rockets versus Jazz. We talked uh, about the Rockets in the last. I think um, my Rockets are gonna destroy the lead boys. I four, see Rockets four, in five. five. Four, I five. see five. Four or five. I see five. The last two years has been five. 
usually what the Jazz do is they come out and they have a lot more energy. Donovan Mitchell comes out and he does his thing and it's like the Rockets can't do nothing about it. But in this series with Russell Westbrook there, and honestly, here's another thing, and this is something that people don't think about. Russell Westbrook wants revenge for that series a few years yeah. ago. If they play the Jazz, oh yeah, he's coming. Russell Westbrook wants revenge for the dude who stole his parking spot. <laughs> I, mean, I think this is, this is that thing. But I just think... The Rockets, I, the Rockets was on their ass last time they played, and now that was without James Harden. Yeah, so this is, I, I don't see, I like the Jazz, and they've been playing great. The addition of Mike Conley has been a tad bit disappointing. I thought he was going to do more. Right now, they're kind of wish-washy with Mike Conley and Joe Ingles. I don't, mm. they're not as well put together as going into the playoffs right. as I'd like them to be. As you think. I think some people are too high on the Jazz considering what they have on the, but if you think about it, guys, Donovan Mitchell is really much their source. I think they're similar to the um, Sixers, where they're a really, really good team on paper, mm. but they've been kind of like... Lacking in yeah, some lacking ways. Lacking, lacking more than some people think they are. I think Donovan I Mitchell think is the main source. They could have been the third seed, arguably. And you got to remember, this is also a team a few days ago that lost to the Celtics with no Kemba Walker. Yeah. You know, so I feel like this team just does not have enough ammo on offense to be able to compete. When Donovan Mitchell's getting trapped and he's getting doubled, there is not another guy really on the court who's just going out there and go help him. I mean, look at now defensively who the Rockets have. I mean, Sig Robinson, Robert Covington on Donovan, and it's going to be a tough Whew. series for him. Oh, my goodness. So, I, yeah, Rockets in five. Just like the, te- the last few years, Rockets and five. I can't see it for the Jazz. They need more offense. They need more offense. They got. They're good enough defensively. They need more offense. Yeah. Um. As far as we'll skip right out to it because I really don't know the seeds right now. Conference finals predictions. No matter of fact, finals predictions. Who I got in the finals? Yeah. Um. In the West, I got the Red Hot Rockets right now in the West. Mm-hmm. Easy money for me. And then in the East, I'm gonna go with Celtics. I go, I've been saying this and I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to say Clippers and then I'm going to say Celtics. Um, for people that think, for people that are thinking, well, the Bucks are 51 and 8. Why wouldn't they be the ones that you guys are picking for the finals? Here's the thing about the Bucks. Um, Chris Middleton has to turn into a go-to guy. Mm-hmm. Has to turn into a go-to guy. He was not that he last year. Turn, he has to be somebody that can take a little pressure off Giannis. Yeah, has to, has to, has to be able to because Giannis is going to get walled the fuck up. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. And Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they're going to be all over Giannis. Right. This is the team that's top 10 in defensive rating. I might even be top five. For, matter of fact, top 10 for sure. Mm-hmm. So this team is not just regular on on the uh, defensive end of the floor. They are very, very stout on the defensive end of the floor. Not to mention what they bring on offense, which is guys that are full of it on offense. Like guys who can put the ball in the basket. Everybody's seen what Tatum has been doing. Mm-hmm. But Gordon Hayward has been absolutely excellent for them this year. Jalen Brown is excellent. Kemba Walker is going to play too much. Too much. Too many go-tos. Much. Too much. And coming down the stretch of games, when you have four different guys who can give you one, it's like... I... They don't match up badly. I just wish the Bucks had a better power forward. Yeah. Yeah, so they, I mean, they, they just, I, I don't know, man. I mean, Eric Bledsoe's not the best Gordon with creating Hayward, his Jaylen shot. Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Tatum. That's, I mean, it's 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 a little too much, and I, I mean, I think the Bucks look good as a unit, but when you break it down yep. in individual matchups, I think the Celtics. Definitely I think it's a, it's kind of similar, kind of similar to what happened to the Warriors. Mm-hmm. The Warriors as a team, like unit, they mesh like on a yeah. different level. But when you turn, and in turn of individual talent that's actually out there on the floor, the Cavaliers were the superior team yeah. in those years before Kevin Durant came around. So it's kind of similar here to where you might think, oh well, they have it in the bag and they've been playing so well all season and nobody can beat them. But the Celtics, I, I just. There's too much ammo on offense, too many guys who can go get you a bucket in different directions. They're never going to be out of games. They're never going to be out of games. They're too good on that end of the floor. But I do think in that like if the Bucks were to play the Celtics in the conference finals, um, Celtics and – the Bucks are too good, seven. Celtics yeah. and seven. Celtics and seven. As far as the Clippers – that That's not an easy choice for me to make. I really think the Bucks have just as good a chance as the Celtics. But if you had to make me pick, I'd pick the Celtics. I'd pick the Celtics, yeah. I, no, I'm, here's the thing. Like It's the same thing I said with the Clippers and the Lakers. 
The Clippers can't. The Lakers can win, like absolutely one hundred percent. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers won. Mm-hmm. But if you asked me, like, okay, who, what team do you, what team do you favor? I take the Clippers. That's on me. Now, as far as the Rockets, uh, 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 uh. I feel like the, I feel like I feel like the Those Clippers. The I feel like I'm the Clip, I feel like the Clippers on the offensive end of the floor, not only on that end but on defense with their switchability out there on the floor, they'll be able to keep the Rockets in check enough to wear. They can be able to do, but the Rockets like are very tough. This is tough. Like this one's tough. Yeah, but I like the Clippers. Yeah. I like the Clippers in this one. I think it's a close, really close series. It's really close. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is no joke. Obviously, Paul George is no joke. But if you ask me, I think they're just too many wings. Right by the, the Rockets. <clears throat> by the way, the uh, the Rockets are two and zero against the Clippers this season. I believe the first time Russell Westbrook James, had forty on them. Yeah. The, first, the second, I mean, no, the the second time Russell Westbrook had forty on them. The first time James Harden put up forty seven on them. James Harden gave them, gave them help. Yeah, he gave them. Time. He gave them. He gave them. Uh, he he was handing out. He said, "You get a bucket. You yeah, get a bucket. Was, you get a bucket." Like everybody was. Dope. He was donating the motherfuckers like it was charity, but. I feel like the Clippers coming into the series with the championship DNA that they have on the floor. Not like I said, the I'm switchability out there on the floor. I just think so, that I like the Clippers as long a lot. they have um, Russ or Harden on the floor, I think Lou Williams is a, defensively is a bad match. No, he's a he's a liability. Yeah. And I mean, the, the Rockets are the one team, um, as well as um, any LeBron team, they they hunt for switches. Yeah, they hunt for them. Like especially during playoff time, they're looking to get James Harden situation uh, uh, advantages. I, mean, I don't know many of you guys have like played 2K, but that's an instant bucket if we're yeah. talking Lou Williams on James Harden. So I like so it's gonna be very interesting. The Clippers are gonna have to be disciplined on defense. They have a lot of perimeter defenders who they can need a check. lot of help defense is what I'm saying, but I just don't see anybody at the rim that can stop James Harden. Hell no, there's nobody that's gonna stop him in the rim. I'm saying here that the perimeter defense is going to be able to keep them in check to the point where we're asking them to shoot jump shots. Now, of course, do you want the Rockets shooting jump shots? Not necessarily, but we don't want them getting to the rim because that opens up everything. And we're kind of just we're kind of just playing that whole they're playing that whole game I, with them. But it's a tough series. I give the Clippers I that one in six or I seven. I think it's a, it, as Jelani always says, it's styles make fights, and I yeah. think that this one is going to be a tough one for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers are like, boom, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Andre James. Like, I, that's, what I'm that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. And I I just that'd be bad. I'm, I'm and then I, I give it up to Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Can Kawhi play defense and they give it to for you on offense? Yeah. With the load management he's been doing all season, is mm-hmm. he healthy enough to do that? We'll see. Because they have to. I, I don't know because you know sometimes like what they used to do with Steph Curry is you want to put him on somebody who's not going to be too apt on offense because you want him to have his energy for the. I mean on defense so that he has his energy for the offensive end of the yeah. floor. Who they're going to do that with on the Clippers? It's going to be tough because you have two great defenders, actually three of them. And do you want that psychological game that? Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly are going to be playing with each other. Because here's the thing about Russell Westbrook, too. Amazing competitor, amazing basketball player. When him and Patrick Beverly match up, you can cause some issues with them just based off of the fact that you can get him out of the, you can get him out of his own element a little bit. Yeah. In some ways. You're kind of baiting him to be a You know what I'm saying? You're baiting you're him a little bit. That's what you're trying to do. So I don't, I'm not saying that's going to be a factor in the series, but I can see it happening. Yeah. So that's, that's something that's part of it, too. Series. It's it's a, it's amazing with close series and the Clippers any of these teams Lakers Clippers Rockets they're going to have a tough road through they're yeah. gonna have a tough road through like these are all matchups where yeah, that one to be honest with you it's not gonna be easy to be honest with you like like I said Styles make fights I feel like the Clippers like the Clippers and the Lakers this one's a little bit different for me compared to the Clippers and the Rockets and then the Rockets and the Clippers or the Rockets and the Lakers it's like I, it's it's a lot going on right now yeah. <laughs> it's a lot going on right now. But it, it, it should need, be very interesting. Personally, I need more data on this five-man lineup that the Rockets have before yeah. I can make that judge. It's, yeah, they're very fairly new. They've only they well, right now they're ten and two with that lineup. Mm-hmm. So that'll be ooh, that's that's really close. That is really, 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 really close. And I know some people are saying um, James Harden, Russell Westbrook don't step up in the playoffs. But let's remember, let's remember, let's remember this, guys. 
they haven't played with this much space, mm-hmm. and they are not really playoff. They're not really playoff chokes as much as you guys think they are. Yeah. So now they're playing in a totally different offensive system with more advantages out there on the floor. And and another thing too that people need to factor into, nobody's kind of nobody's really seen this kind of lineup before. Yeah. Nobody. I mean, the Warriors they had their small ball lineup, but with with two great like dynamic players like this. Nobody's seen this yet, and I'm not sure how much data they're gonna have on it by playoff time. Yeah. So it's it's going to be really, really. If I'm looking at the chance of Patrick Beverly on like Robert having kind of mm-hmm. out there, give him somebody, give him somebody bigger to kind of irritate. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he can slow down LeBron, I think he can definitely. That's what I'm thinking too. He's the, he's the ultimate irritant with those guys. Yeah. So. I think he's definitely. They have pieces they can move around on defense. I, I just, whew. Now, as far as last thing we'll get to, and then it's hard end to be it thinking about it, but. Are there any seeds right now that you think somebody's going to push up to this spot or somebody's going to go down to this spot? Because to be honest with you, I think the Nuggets are keeping their two spot. I think the Clippers might slide to four. They might slide to four. And that's the case they're playing the Jazz. But okay, they're playing the Jazz. They'll still win at five. But I'm the Clippers, I can't necessarily say what's going to happen because the Clippers have been struggling. But Mm -hmm. I'll say that um, if I'm the Clippers, I want to play the Jazz. I want to play the Jazz. But if I'm the Nuggets, I also don't want to play the Mavericks at all. Yeah. So I... Mm. Yeah, if I'm the Clippers, I don't I'd rather play. No, actually, I'm the Clippers, I'd rather play Thunder. Maybe. And to be honest with you, I mean, the Nuggets and the Thunder, like that matchup, I'm still taking probably taking the Thunder on that one. I'm still probably yeah. taking the, like the Thunder are actually that good to where they can beat a two seed, like the Nuggets. In the East, I don't. I think I, it's hard for me to say in the East because Joel Embiid and uh, Ben Simmons are out right now. But mm. I definitely have the Pacers taking that fifth spot personally. Mm. So then it'll be the Heat and the Pacers. Yeah. Ooh, Jimmy Butler versus T.J. Warren, part two. Ooh. 70 as you said you said uh 76 in the hoop oh celtics yeah. Ooh, they're still losing again so uh yeah. that they're, they're still losing uh celtics are going to beat the 76 i literally just said they're going to the finals i'm not sure the 76 are going to throw a wrench in that one so that's really playoff predictions for us guys so we we'll both only updated come actual yeah absolutely 100 percent. we'll talk about some of the matches that we said when the playoffs 100 percent. so you said celtic rockets i say celtic clippers we're gonna have to keep tabs on that one see who wins that see who wins that and let's see because i mean it is possible that it can end up being bucks lakers yeah could end up being bucks clippers bucks rockets it could end up being celtics I think rockets probably the only thing we can say for sure is it's going to be a very fun matchup for yeah teams yeah i think some people are kind of underrating the whole they're like oh the ratings are down it's not as interesting when the playoff time comes around it's going to be something special guys yeah. it's going to be very competitive in the playoffs so just get ready for that get geared up for that and get geared up for episode 21 of just the casuals inside we're wrapping up episode 20 we talked about james harden versus Giannis Antetokounmpo when their little beef back and forth we talked about his draymond green hall of famer duh yes he is and we talked about playoff predictions and finals predictions for ourselves. Q&A us on Twitter. Q&A us on YouTube. Q&A us on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are on YouTube. Subscribe to us. Follow us on either of those platforms. Check us out on Anchor. Check us out on Spotify. If you want to donate, I mean, donate I'm to us. in the comment section, guys. You guys are really disappointing me. I'm going to the comment section every time we got a video. Every day I'm checking. And just, I'm, not, I'm not getting anything. I think, you know, some some people say to me that we are, our arguments, like our insight is very tight like it's not a lot to like it's not a lot to dispute mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's not like we have one of these super edgy like takes like first take or undisputed does we actually have like right, we'll get ready for edge lord dakota <laughs> <laughs> oh geez this motherfucker gonna say something crazy anyway just the casuals inside jelani smith dakota mitchell this wraps up episode 20 check us out on all those platforms if you enjoyed the episode subscribe go follow if you want to donate to some motherfuckers go ahead and donate we're not asking for that though yeah no just so just so you know he's not but i am oh <laughs> hope you all enjoyed the episode check us out on episode 21 we'll see you